New regulations are coming into force for European institutions at a rapid pace. MIFID II came into effect in January, and now deadlines for Europe's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, are fast approaching. In this DerivSource podcast, we will be asking how these two significant regulations work together, and we'll be looking at some of the potential points of friction between the two. Hello, and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. And I'm Emily Fraser-Voigt, DerivSource's deputy editor. Now, as you all know, MIFID II recently came into force, and a big part of that is that it directs firms to know, report, and store a lot more information about their transactions, their clients, and their business operations in general. Firms have obviously spent a lot of time and money building out their data collection and reporting capabilities and getting ready for MIFID II. Now, GDPR, on the other hand, gives European citizens the right to determine what data is collected on them, as well as the right to have that data deleted. Today, we are talking to John Schaffner, founding partner at GD Financial Markets, a division of legal and professional services firm Gordon Dads, which supports financial services clients through regulatory change. Welcome to the podcast, John. Can you start by telling us a little bit about these two regulations and how they overlap and possibly contradict each other? Okay, sure. So I think firstly, it's it's worthwhile just having a look at the origins or the drivers for the regulation. So MIFID II is a reaction to the global financial crisis and very much focused on investor protection and providing transparency around activities. GDPR, different set of focuses, very much looking at the protection of data rights of individuals and those individuals being EU citizens, whether or not they are in Europe or outside. I understand completely around some of the questions that we get asked around the what appear to be inherent contradictions across the, the regulations. If we take Article 16 of MIFID II, which very much looks at records retention and making sure that firms are holding data that is required by regulators in the best interest of of, of their clients. That does seem at odds with Article 17 of GDPR, where individuals have the right to erasure of that data, where it's no longer needed, it's no longer processed, or consent has, has been removed. So quite often the question we get, how do those two reconcile? And I think it all comes down to the legal basis of processing. I think the regulations are not intending to contradict. They're intending to, I think, in many ways, support each other. The FCA and the ICO in February 2018 did release a statement saying that you know, the rules of GDPR are not incompatible with the rules in the FCA handbook. And there is going to be ongoing coordination across the regulators. But if we go back to legal basis for processing, there's going to be data that firms need to hold and store um, because there is a legal basis for doing so. So it could be data being reported to regulators or there's a process that needs to be performed whereby maybe financial crime, risk management or actuarial and, and pension. So a data subject can't go, I'm going to you know, request erasure of that data because the firm needs that to be able to fulfill other obligations. Now, what I think the intention of GDPR is it's more focused on, well, 
let's identify the data that we are holding as an organization and ensure that we're only using it for the original purposes as intended by the consumer. So if we take the example of a customer of a, a retail bank saying, I want to you to remove my data, I think that the institution response needs to be, well, that's fine. The data that we do not need to process because there's not a legal basis for doing so, we will erase. But there is data that we need to hold on to. So it's around being transparent around what data sets that pertains to. And that requires the organization to have detailed knowledge of the data that it holds and where. Now, in that example, there will be parts of the data set that's held for that customer that will be erased and there'll be parts that will have to be retained. But those parts that have to be retained should only be retained for purpose in which supports the legal basis for processing. So, you know, if, if the data is being retained because of another regulatory requirement, that data cannot be then used for any other purpose. So it cannot be made available to marketing teams, etc. So for the data that is then retained as part of MIFID, the firms need to have robust process and governance around understanding where that data is, is then stored, how is it stored, who has access to it, etc. John, going back to what you just said about the contradictions between MIFID II and GDPR, you mentioned that the regulatory bodies have said that they're working together and that they don't see these two pieces of regulation as being contradictory. In your view, is there anything that regulators could be doing to address any of the concerns that firms may have about these contradictions? Or, or is there something that would be useful that they could do as firms look to implement both regulations in tandem and from a data perspective? So the regulators are coming out saying that the rules are not incompatible with each other. And one of the issues that we have with GDPR, the regulatory text, a lot of it is still open to interpretation. There's quite a lot of gray. The regulation is principles-based as well, which adds to the, the interpretation piece. So what's going to be very telling is post-25th of May, when firms need to start demonstrating compliances, when we start getting legal precedent around some of the clauses and the, I guess, the spirit of what the regulator is intending through those clauses. So it could well be that what might not seem incompatible today, that view might change as, I guess, the rubber hits the road, firms start actually dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. I think it's very useful that the regulators are going to be working together, or so they're saying, um, so we can confront some of these issues collectively and not in a vacuum. But I think firms should be or could be doing more as they prepare for, for these regulations. I think we all understand delivering projects and regulatory change projects within an organization, it's very deadline driven. Firms have been largely focused on delivering MIFID II as that has been the first deadline to drop and then deliver MIFID II and then move on to GDPR and other regulations that have an impact on how data is managed, such as Payment Securities Directive 2. I think what firms, and it's difficult to achieve this, is to take a step back and start looking at requirements 
more holistically. So what are the requirements of MIFID II? What are the requirements of GDPR? What are the requirements of some of the other regulations out there? And understanding where those requirements map or align or where they contradict. You, know, you can see what's going to happen as we get into implementing GDPR. There's going to be work that's been done to deliver MIFID II that potentially needs to be reworked or undone because of some of the nuances and the requirements in, in GDPR. You know, system changes that have been made to help firms comply with MIFID II, but not thinking about some of the maybe the, the data aspects within GDPR. So having to go back and retrace some steps because they've not looked at things holistically. That's very interesting. Do you think many firms have thought about this potential for contradictions between the two regulations as they've worked out their implementation strategies? Or are people really just focusing on one regulation at a time and taking a more siloed approach? Quite remarkable, but a lot of firms still haven't quite got coherence around what GDPR means and what it means to their business. So in terms of the very first step that you should take understanding the scope and how that is impacting your business and where you are versus the requirements. So firms that I've seen that are only really just starting to get through that piece of work. And obviously, once you've gone through that process, there will be a subsequent book of work to actually deliver those requirements. So firms that are way off. There are obviously a number of firms that have had, you know, they've been looking at GDPR 18, 24 months, etc., and a very mature programs in place that are delivering to the timelines. But I've still not seen a good example of where the requirements or where there's not been project teams operating in silos. And I think as GDPR has been delivered, what the project teams have been able to identify, but after, after the fact is where there would have been opportunities and synergies if they were set up in a way that allowed them to look at the two regulations holistically and look at the requirements more holistically. Now, that's very interesting. If a firm has not looked at this holistically so far, do you think there still could be an advantage to doing it now after the fact? Is there any benefit to that after the regulations have gone live or is it really too late? I guess with MIFID II and GDPR, 3rd of January, 25th of May, those dates are just the beginning. These regulations and the requirements, they need to be now embedded within the DNA of the organization. These things are going to live and breathe. So, yeah, I think there would definitely be some advantages in the firm being able to take a step back and go, look, okay, these are the requirements of MIFID II. This is what it's looking to try and to deliver. And here, here they are for, for GDPR. Let's look at investment in process technology that enables us to best meet the requirements of both and potentially other regulations because there will be operational efficiencies to be gained further down the line. This is not just a case of a lot of work, a lot of change work to get to the two respective compliance dates and then it stops. So absolutely I see advantages in firms taking that approach. And looking forward, John, as we approach and pass the initial deadline in May, how do you see firms continuing to address this? How will they make GDPR a part of their operational DNA, as you say? Um, is there some kind of onward work that they would continue to do? And if so, what exactly would they likely be doing in a year's time to continue this process? 
The case that I've seen most frequently is firms have taken a deliberate approach to understanding the impact of of the GDPR and building a proper program around meeting those requirements. The reality being that only so much of those requirements will be delivered by May 25th. So I think what has been firms that are well-placed would have looked at the full set of requirements and gone on a risk-based process. These are the things that I really need to focus on for 25th of May. And these are the things that can come further on. Proper governance around that decision-making, documentation around how those decisions have been made. So I think that a number of the sort of the lower priority activities or requirements will be delivered well after the 25th of May. And I think for some of the requirements where there's been sort of tactical solutions pushed through to, you know, just sort of tick the compliance box, I think firms will be looking at an opportunity to look at more investment in better or strategic solutions. And I think that, again, gives firms an opportunity to revisit some of the requirements of MIFID II and see as part of that transformation piece whether you know, any work can be done for the benefit of both regimes that they're trying to comply with. On that topic, John, is there a good example of where a potential synergy might exist between MIFID II and GDPR for firms? I think too often we look at these things purely from we must do it because the regulators are telling us to do it and missing out on some of the, the advantages that it brings to the business. So one area that I would see that firms are investing in and should invest more in is being able to build that um, single customer view. So we all know financial services firms, lots of systems, disparate systems, data sat everywhere. And GDPR has really focused the mind for firms to start going, okay, what data do I hold where? But they're still likely to have disparate systems holding that data and, and potentially duplications of the same data sitting in you know, more than one place, although GDPR is looking to try and address that. So I think investing in an infrastructure or technology platform that allows the firm to bring all of that customer data into one place and have, as a result, you know, confidence of the data that they're holding in terms of accuracy and completeness and you know, all the relevant information that they have for their clients in one place. That could be really powerful um, and add value to the business as well as enable, better enable firms to comply with, with regulation, not just MIFID II and, and GDPR. Right. And that is obviously something that reference data experts and the EDM Council have been trying to push for years, that idea of having a single view of the customer that would have benefits well beyond just these two regulations. Um, so it's quite interesting that GDPR could be the thing that finally brings it a little closer to reality. Uh, one last thing, John, can you clarify for our audience what the penalties might be for not complying with GDPR? For sure. I think when we talk about GDPR, I think this is one of the fir first things that get mentioned. Firms are worried about some of the punitive measures that the ICO are able to use. So at its worst, 4% of global turnover for a significant breach or, I guess, negligence in this space. So we'll wait and see what the ICO's approach is going to be in terms of handing out fines and punishing business. But I don't think it's you know, the ICO are not looking to send businesses 
through the wall. And I think if firms have taken a deliberate approach to complying with GDPR, getting the right sort of data governance and process and technology in place, then I question how many of, how many fines of that scale we're going to see. So I think what, what GDPR will do is help the firm, people within the firm, get the budget and investment for improving controls and resilience around technology and how data is stored. Because there is a fear that if there is a breach or an attack where data is is stolen or leaked or lost, then the firm could be subject to fines up to up to four percent. So I actually think that's been quite a positive thing in helping firms improve their infrastructure. But in you know in reality if firms are making the right steps to comply with GDPR to improve their technology infrastructure resilience against cyber attacks. I wouldn't expect fines of that level, but obviously we need to wait and see post May 25. Well, that's all that we have time for today. Thank you very much, John, for sharing your time and insights with us and our audience. We will be keeping a close eye on these developments as these and other regulations come down the pipe. Thanks also to our audience for tuning in. You can read an accompanying article to go along with this podcast on derivsource.com. And if you have any comments or suggestions on this topic or any other areas you think we should cover, please send those to editor at derivsource.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time.